This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi, and I am your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist of Mississippi Today. Our guest today is author Nash Nunnery. He knows a thing or two about Friday Night Lights. Not only did he play high school football, and I'm looking right here at a picture of him playing in 1972. It's pretty impressive as well. He played, of course, in his hometown of Clinton. But the baller turned freelance writer and has covered sports as well as a wide variety of subjects for various publications over the years. And next month, his new book, Magnolia Gridiron Cathedral, it's a coffee table type volume of with 47 of Mississippi's most historic and unique high school football fields will be hitting the shelves. Excited about the book. He's here in the studio to discuss that. His profession, more it's hard to believe it, uh, we're right upon football season already. Um, I took my youngest son to band camp today. He does not play football. He plays unlike his old man. And, you know, Nash, um, thank you for joining us today. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm excited about the book. I do. And I got to just get this out front. I've got a connection to the book. Um, You know, I like to think a small connection, but I'll explain why I decided to to join you with this venture a little bit. Um, I actually painted the 47 uh, high school football stadiums. and But it's, it's really, to be honest with you, it's just a small part of the artwork in it. There are photos. There's mem- memories. Uh, the book is fantastic. I really wanted to be a big part of it because, and I'll just go ahead and say this up front. The reason why I wanted to do it was because, number one, I played football. And I understand that football is literally the glue that holds uh, Mississippi together. It is the one time when we get together as a community, and it doesn't matter what you look like, what you believe, um, who's your mama, or anything else. It's going to be the one point we all get together and we celebrate our our community and come together behind the the young men and women who are out there on the field, uh, playing football, doing the band, doing the cheerleading, you name it. It's just a great moment for every little Mississippi town. So when you approached me on this and said, hey, would you do this? And and it was really funny because it was like at the beginning of the year. And you said, hey, could you do this? And I thought, well, you know, I would love to do something that connects me a little bit to Mississippi. And I was thinking about doing like city halls or something, you know, just doing drawings of that, doing a series of that. But in a way, you know, high school football stadiums just made more sense because whereas maybe a city hall might be the brain of a community or something, this is literally the heart and the soul of the community, every stadium. And so thank you for letting me get a chance to do that. Um the book is fantastic, and I think before we get going, we, we probably ought to thank Mike Frescona because he's he's a little bit – I'll get you to explain as well. Nash, thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me, Marshall. It's great to be on with you, and uh, I can't express my gratitude enough to you to take on this project with me. And uh, it, it just – like I said when I signed the book to you, I said it is the your, – your artwork is the icing sprinkles – and uh, candles on the cake. Well, thank you. That, I mean, that's that's very humbling. Like I said, I feel like I'm a small part of it, but I just appreciate you letting me jump on the on the caboose on this. Um, number one, tell me a little bit about you. Like I said, I, I'm looking at the photo of you uh, playing football here. Um, it looks like you're 
about ready to block somebody downfield. Uh, that's a, that's a sweep. That's sweep right. Uh, were you a guard or were you a tackle? I was a left guard okay. and uh, about about two hundred fifteen pounds at that time. Two hundred fifteen uh, pounds in nineteen seventy two was not, huge. It, it was huge. It yeah. really was. We, in fact, we we probably had one of the largest teams in the state that year. Everybody was over uh, two hundred pounds, and that was our goal. The previous spring was to put on enough weight so we could say everybody was over. What were what pounds. were they doing? Because seriously, I remember. I, mean, I played in eighty six, and I was. 6'1", 175 pounds as a defensive end, and I would get killed if I tried to play that position at that weight now today. What were they doing? What was at the training table? Did they just literally just pork? I mean, did they just lock you in a room and feed you? Well, our coach, James Sloan, put us on a very strenuous uh, weight program, which was kind of ahead of its time. No kidding. That was about 10 years ahead of its time. Yes. And uh, to be honest with you, a couple of peanut butter sandwiches every night before I went to bed did the trick. Did you drink the raw eggs? I mean, that was all because I think Rocky made that popular, and that was 76. I think some of the guys did. I'm allergic to eggs, so eggs were out. Okay. No, eggs were out. That was good. So, But, yeah, I was about to say, y'all look pretty tough and— you looked. Were you pulling in that that picture? Yes, yeah, okay. it was a sweep right, and uh, that that was part of our offense. Was uh, I, I got to do a lot of pulling, which yeah. which I enjoyed. I'm about to a, say I played guard in middle school. You know, up until I, I guess probably ninth grade. I love that pulling because you can hit somebody blindside them and knock them just haywire. Oh, it's it's it, it's it's not a feeling like it. It's like scoring a touchdown because you know you don't get. To, I got to touch the ball because I snapped on field goals and extra points. But um, pulling and uh, finding somebody a little defensive back out in the, oh, yeah. in the no, flat is when they're not looking and like it. a pal absolutely that's awesome you obviously grew up in clinton you've got a lot of great memories and yeah i love your facebook page because it's like you've just got great things you, you post a really wonderful picture of you with just a very handsome mullet uh, today <laughs> by the way congratulations on that one well it's just the annual blessing of the mullet i call it i you know and i have to bring it out once a year just just to say when i had hair at one time why the book why did you decide to do it Marshall, I have since I was at a young age, I've been enamored with old things old. I guess I'm an old soul, um, especially things to do with sports, whether it's uh, high school football fields or um, Major League Baseball parks that have passed Crosley Field, Ebbets Field, of course, Wrigley Field still around. I've just since at an early age, I've just been really enamored with these old ball fields. And uh, I I never knew that I I could do anything with it, Um, but it came to me actually during COVID. I found a high school uh, journal that I kept my senior year of high school. Um, I was uh, uh, the sports editor of the school newspaper, and I was probably the only sports writer in journalism history to cover his own team. Uh, So you can imagine how that went. Um, But that's I found this journal and I had described a lot of the fields that I played on in the journal. It was kind of like a diary I kept during my senior football season. And it just got me to thinking, you know, I like to. So my wife and I jumped in the car and we rode out to Brandon to look at old Strickland Field. And he said, let's I want to go to McGee and Mendenhall. We played I played in McGee and Mendenhall a lot. And so we drove there. These places look just like I remembered them. They haven't changed. Um, and they're just good old ball fields, I call them, um, that have be- that, and part of the name of the book is cathedrals. These places are actual cathedrals in the communities where they are. And uh, that was kind of my motivation. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, 
there's a lot of difference between wanting to do a book and then deciding actually <laughs> producing one. And I know that it was a lot of work and so forth. And you talked about the, the pictures on that. And like I said, I, I kind of came into it late, you know, and, and, you know, you thankfully just gave me the pictures to work from. And that was pretty helpful. I've been to, I've been to a lot of these football yes. stadiums over the years, just with my kids, you know, and so forth, traveling around the state. Um, but on you, of course, obviously, you had to go visit them. You found the background. You found the story a little bit. So tell us a little bit about the process. Actually, Marshall, we started a year ago. Uh, it's about this about the middle of July last year. We had 47 fields to get to. Um, we didn't want to do anything over the telephone. I didn't want to, uh, you know, have – we do have some outside photos, but I wanted to visit each of these high school fields uh, in the daytime when nobody was around – uh, to give people, the reader, a sense of this is what this place looks like um, when you're not there on a Friday night. Because you're there for a game. You're there to see players and coaches and, and friends and, and socialize a lot. Um, but we wanted to give people a sense and tell the stories of these. All these I call all these 47 fields my children. They all have a personality. And, 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 and you kind of have to think out of the box a little bit. How does a high school football field has its own personality? Well, if you visited some of these places during the daytime like we did, you would discover that each of them has a unique personality. You know, we went back. Um, I got three boys, you know, and so there's eight years between the oldest and the youngest. So there's a pretty good spread. And we went back to the one of the schools with my youngest one that my two oldest one and the teachers were asking about them, which I think is pretty amazing because you think about how many kids that go through a school every year in the same way with football stadiums, how many different people have played on those fields through the last 50, 60, 70 years, however many years there's been games on those fields. But you don't realize that and you don't think about that because you always just think about the current team. But then when you posted, you post a picture or something on your Facebook about this, the stories that people start telling and memories that they have, it's it's almost like, you know, in Harry Potter, there was a thing called a port key. You touched it and it would take you somewhere else. Yeah. Those stadiums, in a way, were kind of like that because it's just, you know, just to see everybody's memories come. Oh, yeah, I remember that time that we were behind the stadium in 1978 or whatever, you know, it's not, and that, that's what was so cool about what you were doing with this book. We conducted over 90 interviews for this book, and that we did them all in person. Uh, we didn't have any problems at all getting people to talk about them. Yeah. You go into these communities, and, and of course, you have to get clearance from the, uh, from the local school district. Oh, you and, mean you weren't just climbing over the barbed wire fence? <laughs> Not in this day and time. Uh, I wanted to stay alive. Uh, but, yes, we got clearance to, to, to get to each and every field, and um, – you know, I, I have, you know, I have contacts in the coaching world and that sort of thing. And I'd ask, is there anybody in this community or that community that would be willing to be interviewed and maybe tell the story of this particular field? And that's kind of how we we approached it. Um, we, my wife and I, traveled over three thousand six hundred and twenty six miles um, during from July until March of this year to compile all this information. Um, she took uh, over 1,500 photographs, of which 246 are in the book. Wow. So you're paying her a huge royalty, I hope. Absolutely. My wife, Vicki Nunner, Petro Nunnery, is a, a rock star, by the way. She's rock, pretty cool. She's yeah. a 
she's a star. She put up with 110 degree heat indexes and dewy fields at eight o'clock in the morning, and uh, she was just a, a perfect companion. As well as uh, my my dear friend Fred Rayner, who also took uh, several photos. And, and when Vicky couldn't travel, Fred would go with me and, and, and took photos. So it was really kind of a, it was like a for a chance for you to kind of do a road trip around Mississippi too. Oh, it, that that it, the it was so much fun. The research for the people said, "Oh, that must have been so taxed." Absolutely not. I love traveling Mississippi and to see and I and I've been to a lot of the places, but some I hadn't uh, to discover this little dive restaurant or 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 this place in town. Uh, it, it just was really cool. It, uh, Visit Mississippi should probably have me on somewhere to because I. I been from Water Valley to Pascagoula and just about everywhere in between. And a few stops in hot coffee to get recaffeinated, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, tell, tell a little bit about the process of deciding of which stadiums, because it's hard. I mean, there's obviously more than 47 football stadiums in Mississippi. Marshall, the biggest question I get these days is, why isn't my high school feel in the book? And it was a arduous process to narrow down the 47 that we were going to carry. Um it, I talked to coaches. I talked to media members across the state. Uh, of course, um, I'm a former sports writer, so I've been to some of these fields. I've played on a few of these fields, so I've, I had a good idea what I was looking for. The criteria that I tried to meet was the field had to be at least 50 years old. I did not want state-of-the-art bells and whistles brand new that's that's wonderful that's that's for a, a different book by a different author not me um another thing i wanted it to have some type of historic significance or some interesting quirk about it that would had you know had its own interesting story to tell and those that's really was were the criterion for me selecting the fields and i promise you if this book is successful we'll do another one and include the ones that didn't make the cut this is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I tell you what, we got a great guest today, and uh, his new book is Magnolia Gridiron Cathedrals. It'll be coming out next month. It's it's so documents 47 of Mississippi's most historic and unique high school football fields. We have writer Nash Nunry with us. Nash, um, like I said, I, I play. Thank you for being very generous about my part of it. There are a ton of photographs and stories, and just absolutely gorgeous. But I also drew all 47 of them for you. Um, I got a call from Mike Frascona, who's your publisher on the book. And, uh, he, and I've worked with Mike before. So it was, it was fun to get to work with you on it and I get to know you better too. Thank you. And like I said, but this, this book is honestly your heart, your soul and your baby. And thank you so much for letting me be a small part of it, but also thank you for being in today to talk about it because I wanted to have you on, not necessarily because, you know, I have anything to do with the book. I wanted you on because I think this is honestly the heart and soul of Mississippi are these football stadiums. And I think your stories that you've told about them are fantastic. There's 47 of them. And I think at this point of the show, I think you probably just need to just start telling me some of the stories because they're a lot more interesting than anything else I can say from here on out. Well, certainly, I know uh, two of our fields are over 100 years old and still in existence. Uh, so, what I mean, they've been playing football on those fields for 100 years. They have been playing football on those fields for over 100 years. Wow. Uh, Philadelphia's Harpole uh, Stadium, uh, home of Marcus Dupree. In yeah. fact, uh, Harpole is located at 22 Marcus Dupree Drive, which was 
22 is Marcus's number in high school. Um, it's a beautifully constructed stadium. It's concrete that's embedded into a red clay hillside, and it curves around to the end. Inti- it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous Yeah, I field. remember drawing that. I was, I was trying to catch that curve yes. in it because that's just so cool to see like a little semi-bowl. Yes, in, in, a, in a high school stadium. Um, just just a beautiful field. The second one is Henley Field down at Forest County Agricultural High School in the unincorporated area of Brooklyn, Mississippi. For those of you that don't know where Brooklyn is, it's about 15 miles south of Hattiesburg. And it's in the middle of nowhere. In fact, the stadium is set uh, in a lush livestock pasture, I mean, with pastures all around. And there's a lake about a punt away from from the uh, uh, east end zone, just a just a beautiful, and you captured it perfectly in your in your painting. That's the one with some some pines and everything else right there. Yes. It's really gorgeous, on beautiful. That. So so they're a hundred years old. That's amazing. Yes, that's amazing. Um, a that concrete can make it. Of course, being here with the Azu Clay where we live, concrete doesn't last thirty five minutes. But exactly on that. So tell us some of the other some of your other favorite stadiums. Uh, and I, and of course, I do want to. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, oh, I guess the word favorite might get you in trouble because I don't I'm, want you saying I, that. I want to sell some books, Marshall. So I don't want to say favorite. They're all, like I said earlier. They're all my children. It's like your children. I know. It just depends uh, on the day which one's your favorite. I understand. Uh, but uh, I love each and every one of them. Uh, Centerville Academy in Centerville, Mississippi. That's down in the Mid County. Uh, it's Jerry Clower territory. Yeah. Um, they don't have a name for the. For the high school football field, they call it the field. That's the name the they field. have for it. Uh, the coach down there, Bill Hurst, is the winningest uh, high school football coach in the state of Mississippi. Bill has been at it. Uh, this he may be coming up on his forty fifth year or something at Centerville. He's won about eight state championships in the private school area. Um, but just a gorgeous field. It actually was constructed on the old Camp Van Dorn, which was a World War II training facility where they uh, shot bazookas and cannon, tested cannon and bazooka, on the, and that's where the field's located. I kind of hope they swept the field before they, you know, the minesweepers or something, because I don't want anybody blowing up. Well, mm-hmm. Coach Hurst said for about the first 10 years, they would come across, they would rake and mow and fertilize and come across sometimes stuff that would come up out of the ground and i think they finally got rid of it after all these i think it, the field's been there for uh, since the early 70s so they, they finally got it cleared i guess you would say i think the one that really jumped out at me a lot of them jumped out at me when i was doing a laurel a laurel stadium is just incredible oh laurel uh, watkins stadium between the bricks uh, it is it is known all over the southeast in fact um, Watkins Stadium was the first, one of the first fields, college or high school, to have electric lights on the field. This was in 1930. Um, another interesting story is Buck Cameron was the head coach at, of the Laurel Tornadoes. His son, Mac, who I interviewed for the book, they are the first father and son duo to be inducted into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Um, it was such a pleasure talking to Mac. Uh, and Mac told me that the uh, – uh, the field came about from a timber magnate in uh, Laurel who uh, found Mac on uh, found Coach Cameron, Coach Buck on the field, and said, uh, "You guys need a new place to play, basically." And uh, so he scouted different places around in Laurel and found this ravine near the, I think it's the Homewood subdivision. And uh, basically bought the place and, and donated the, the the property so Laurel could and help build this field. 
Um, a lot of the bricks were brought in by mules, um, and it just was quite a quite a project. And it's still, I mean, like I said, they're still using it to this day. Still using it to this day, and and uh, it, it's uh, everybody know when you when you're around high school football and you hear between the bricks, you know you're talking about Watkins Stadium in Laurel, Mississippi. And it sounds like a good thing to have a timber magnet on your side. <laughs> of course, there were a lot of timber magnets in Laurel in Jones County back in the early 1900s, but uh, abs- absolutely. Another field that comes to mind, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, communities building field. A great example of that is in New Albany. Kitchens field was constructed in 1975. This was after um, the, the people there had voted down a school bond issue to build a new stadium. Well, the, the Kitchens brothers took it upon themselves. We're going to get this thing built ourselves. Kitchens field was constructed. Everything, the materials, everything was bought and paid for by volunteers in New Albany. It's quite an incredible story, but I'll save most of it for the book. But uh, that's just an example of how much high school football means to communities in this state. And before I get you to tell too many more, I mean, obviously, we don't want to give away the whole book, but it is kind of fun to hear a little little snippets about each stadium and hearing a little bit about that. What did high school football mean to you? It meant everything, to be honest, Marshall. Um, one of the at the end of the book in the epilogue, I uh, describe my experience with high school football. It was a, a, a love affair until I had to quit playing. Um, I I did get a scholarship to a division two division two school. Uh, was out about two weeks and said, you know what? I don't. I don't. I, I'm, I'm done. I, I had a great senior season. We won a conference championship. This was. Before the era of playoffs, um, went ten and one. I couldn't have been happier. Um, it, it just it just wasn't the same playing college football. Uh, I just wanted to be a student, but col- uh, football just meant everything. Um, for a while, I divorced it. Um, I didn't want to be that guy who you know talked you know Al Bundy on Married with Children. I scored four touchdowns for Poke High or whatever. I didn't want to be that guy. So I, I stayed away for a long time um, until, ironically, until 2006, November 2006, Roy Burkett Field, the field I played on in Clinton, um, was going – this was going to be the last game. Um, Clinton had passed a bond issue and built Arrowfield, which is a beautiful state-of-the-art facility. Um, guys were calling me left and right, oh, you need to come to the last game at Roy Burkett Field. I said, oh, you know, I, I gave that up. I gave that stuff up years ago. Well, I went that night. There were 5,000 people there. I had to sit in the end zone in a lawn chair, and it just regenerated. It, something just lit up in me again. I just loved it. Went on the field after. In fact, I was writing for the Clinton News at the time. I had a column, and I did a column on the last game at Roy Burkett Field. Um, there were grown men with tears in their eyes on that field. I saw teenagers getting swatches of turf and putting it in, 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 in glass jars to take mm. home as a, as, a, as a memory sake. And Roy Burkett wasn't around, but for 36 years, when I came to Clinton, they played at Old Crane Field, which I mentioned earlier in the book. Um, so Clinton's had three fields uh, since the uh, early ni- late 1940s. Um, but that's that's it, to sum up, it, it just became a love affair again based on that night. And you'll find me at a 
either either at Airfield in Clinton or or somewhere on Friday night watching a football game. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I think back, and, and I went to my high school, and I'm kind of the same way you were. I mean, I walked away from it, and I didn't. I got an academic scholarship. I didn't. You know, I could. I guess I could have played small college, but I mean, I already can tell when it's going to rain because of my, <laughs> the injuries I've had. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think I probably had enough. But I went to my 30th reunion, saw a lot of my old friends that I played football with. They all look pretty good. They're all still hanging in there. But I got one guy has bought and sold two software companies. Um, one guy is like a really good salesman. One guy's a drummer for the band Georgia Satellites. But we were all sitting there talking to each other about what football meant to us and what high school football meant to us. And there was one of the guys, the guy that did the software company, he looked at me and he said, you know, there was this game and he mentioned the game and he said, we were getting just murdered mm-hmm. until at the halftime, right? And so we crawled, crawled and clawed our way back in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, we because we had left so much blood and sweat on the practice field and conditioning, we were in better shape than the other team, and we started to pull ahead. And he said, that taught me at that moment that I should n- never, ever, ever quit and never give up. And, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, besides the concussions, you know. Um, but th- those were those little life lessons. And you think about that. All those people that, like I said, when they, they look back at their high school football field. And, you know, I, I grew up in Marietta, Georgia. I mean, my stadium was built. Um, the, the concrete part of it was helped find it. My dad, I remember he signed a personal loan. He was one of many parents who did that. If that thing that they defaulted on it, they would have taken our house. You know, that was just his commitment to it. Uh, wrestler Buff Bagwell, his dad donated a ton of, of the money. He owned a lumber company. But I go by there, you know, when I because my parents are gone now, but I mean, my in-laws are still there and I'll drive by it and I'll look at it and it still looks about the same. You, it's in the movie Remember the Titans, so it's a fairly famous stadium in its own right. But I just have those moments to remember, never quit, never. So, I mean, that's what the beauty of a high school football stadium is. Oh, it absolutely is. It's the tie that binds. Um, Last year, we had a 50-year reunion of my 1972 team. We just picked up where we left off. So you went out and played? Uh, <laughs> no, we well we we had you know visions of that playing, but you know, you know how bad that would hurt. <laughs> absolutely horrendous that would yeah. be. Um, and, and the wives stand over to the side because they know we're telling lies and exaggerating. Glory days, absolutely yeah. glory days. But um, seriously, the 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 bond that you share with those guys, even the guys that live out of state or, or somewhere, it's just you just pick up where you left off and and. That's that's just a, a part of high school football is that teamwork that you learn. Yeah. It, it that experience helped me has helped me in my life and my profession. Every, everything, uh, the things you mentioned, don't quit. Uh, it, it's just had a, a, a tremendous effect on me, and I think it has a tremendous effect on a lot of folks. Yeah, I also learned don't be the first person to drink out of the rubber hose <laughs> because that water is going to be hotter than the sun. Oh, man, you're not kidding. Which is hard to believe even because my, my football coach played for Tennessee in the 60s, right? So he was a rub some dirt on it, you know, salt tablet kind of guy. I'm surprised we even got water breaks back then. Oh, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, Roy Burkett Field, I, I played for Co- Coach Roy Burkett my first two years, my sophomore and, and junior years. And uh, uh, Coach was Coach Burkett was of that mindset. He was a tank commander in the Battle of the Bulge during World oh, War Lord, II. Yeah. So just, if that tells you anything, yeah. uh, very tough. In fact, uh, his, 
he he wanted players as tough as a two dollar steak. That's one of his sayings. Um, but yeah, the the uh, rubber garden hose strung inside the cyclone fence that some a manager took an ice pick to, and that was your you know get a couple of swallows out of that, and that was your water break for the for the practice. So. When working on the book, like I said, the, the process of it, you were doing the writing, you're doing the interviews and everything else. And, and what I found fascinating was that there are actually football stadiums that are not actually named for coaches or anything athletic related whatsoever. I thought that was really cool. In fact, I'll tell you a couple of stories. Uh, those three um, in Greenville, the stadium there is the Charles Kirk Field. It's named for the uh, beloved sports editor of the Greenville Delta Democrat mm-hmm. Times. I mean, I don't know of any place in America where, where a sports writer where, gets a statue. It, usually, usually it's, a, it's yeah, an acrimonious. Right. Uh, usually, you know, the critics don't get statues. Relationship, but um, Mr. Kerr was a very beloved figure in Greenville. Um, a few miles down the road on eighty two in Leland, its name uh, K. L. Whitty is the was the longtime Leland High School team physician, and they named uh, Whitty Field after, after him, and. Uh, so those those are two. And my favorite story is down in Franklin County. Um, they named the story uh, the stadium after Louis Mullins, who was about a 35 year school custodian. Um, just a wonderful man. Everything I've heard about him, I, t- I interviewed his son, Tony. And uh, I mean, how great is that to honor this man must have really been special. Uh, to have him, the high school football field named after him. As a former custodian, I really love that story. I knew I knew that you would you would definitely relate to that. Yeah, and, and my memories are cleaning up a high school football stadium after a game. It's a lot more fun to play on the field than it is to clean up afterwards. Trust me. A- absolutely, it's it's uh, it, it, you, you cannot believe what's what's you know left on the field after a game. Yeah, but what a great gesture though. Like I said, to to be able to do that a little bit. You you. We mentioned Mike Frescona a little bit, and of course he was a big part of you being able to do this. And you know, anytime you, you're coming up with a book idea, you know it's hard. It obviously takes financial outlay. It's hard to do. Uh, there's a lot of work. You have to know artists and everything else. But he really did help you, didn't he? Oh, M- Mike is 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 a brilliant entrepreneur. I mean, uh, he of course he's an he's inter- an entertainment an, lawyer. entertainment lawyer. Um, and of course, Mike but he is, loves football. Loves football. Written written books on high school yeah. and college football. I mean, I could get Mike in to talk about football. It would be fantastic. Oh, you know, he just absolutely. And uh, Mike is a born promoter. And uh, we got his his wonderful assistant Janice Verdon kind of got us together. And it was within five minutes of the meeting, Mike was on board with the project. And he has been. This is I've written. Over 1,500 newspaper and magazine articles in my 40-year-plus career, and this is the first book I ever did. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm just asking questions and how do I get this done? And Mike steered me through the whole way, and I just couldn't thank him enough. Uh, and his publicist, Caitlin Gay, has, has been wonderful as well as Janice Verdon. I mean, you know, I think you touched on something there because, like I said, you know, I've always done the daily deadline thing. And so then actually sitting down, having the structure of doing a book, but it's just one bite at a time. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? Exactly. And what I would do, Marshall, I didn't after after we got through touring all the fields, I didn't exactly write the book. I was, you know, as we went along, I would, you know, get the interviews, take the notes and go ahead and write the essays for those schools that we had visited. Um, for instance, we started the Mississippi Delta, um, you know, toured all all eight schools there. 
uh, did our interviews, and then I take I'd take a week and write the eight essays for that, and then we'd schedule. We're going to Northeast Mississippi. So you did it regionally, exactly. Tried to keep it regionally. Um, you know, we spent the night places along the way, and uh, what's funny is when we did it regionally. These fields are different in different parts of the state. Like the theme I noticed most in northeast Mississippi was a bulk of these fields have the concrete bleachers that are embedded into a hillside, yeah. which I think is really cool. Uh, you can't do that in the Delta. No, you cannot. <laughs> you definitely every, – but every field in the Delta is flat as a board. You don't have to – you know, and the grass is perfect. I mean, it's oh, yeah. the most fertile soil in, in the world uh, and – uh all the turf up there is perfect, um, and I'm, I'm also glad to say that we have very few fields that have uh, artificial turf, which I have nothing against, but I'm, I'm more of a natural grass guy. Well, the new artificial turf is much better than the old artificial oh, turf. Absolutely. Which was it's, basically AstroTurf on concrete. A, a parking lot yeah. is what you're talking about. Yeah, you, yeah I have I have memories. Um like I said, the the process on the book's coming out. You're going to be at the Mississippi Book Festival. Uh, you are on a panel. I will be moderating the panel. This isn't unusual that you and I seem to be hooking up like this. But um, but there will be a couple other great uh, books as well on that. So it will be a lot of fun. But, I mean, it's fun. for you, it's, this is all new. You know, after a long career of, of literally writing for about every other publication on the planet, you know, this is kind of fun for you, isn't it? It really is, Marshall. It's something I've wanted to do, but I just could not grasp at what I what subject to to approach, um, I, for instance, I, I'm adopted. I th- almost wanted to do a book on the antiquated adoption adoption laws in this state. Really? Uh, yes. Wow. Um, well, I, I'm not saying that I, I wasn't surprised about the adoption. So I just a I didn't know you were adopted, but b that would be a very interesting book. That, I thought it would be a very interesting book because uh, there's there's a lot of stories to be told there. Um, I just never could find a subject that I was comfortable with until it hit me when I found that journal. You know what? I bet people would be interested in knowing the stories of these high school football fields that that high school football fans show up at every Friday night in the fall. How did it get its name? Um, What are some unusual things about it? And it it just kind of hit me. So I, I did some research, and there's not another book in the United States that focuses on strictly high school football fields in the state. So this is a first, and I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, I've lived Georgia, Tennessee, California, and Texas, right? So, I mean, Texas, everybody always talks about Friday Night Lights. It's the it's the epicenter for high school football. I will, I will literally go on the stand and raise my right hand and swear that football here in Mississippi means more to a community than even Texas. I truly believe that too, Marshall. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many more entertainment options in Texas. You know, you got professional sports, a lot of colleges that play. You got rodeo. Um, exactly. Um, here in Mississippi, um, you know, of course we have colleges, but uh, um, no, no pro sports other than the, the Mississippi Braves. And uh, I just think high school football really strikes a chord in the hearts of, of even – even non-fans. I can remember in high school, my speech teacher was the uh, a total opposite of a sports fan. She hadn't didn't want anything to hear about sports. We were all a bunch of crazy jocks and stuff. Um, but the night, but the day before the conference championship game, she was spotting. She was sporting a button on her lapel. Go arrows! And so I thought, 
wow, we've even reached Mrs. Ellis, you know, with sports now. Well, uh, is Ms. Ellis still with us? I, I have not spoken. So you need seen. to get her a book. And I say, <laughs> hey, look, it panned out. It worked out great on that little bit. You, um, that just says a lot about where your career was headed, though, when you were keeping a journal in high school. I, actually, my journalism teacher, Judy O'Neill, encouraged me to do that. I probably wouldn't have done it, Marshall, otherwise. Like I said, I was concentrating on the season, and uh, I, I, I kind of balked at it at first, but I'm so glad I did it now. And, and that you kept it. And, that, and Well, I had lost it for years, and uh, I— I married Vicky. We got, I got, we both got remarried four years ago. And, uh, in some of my belongings, when we moved to Brandon, I, this is that, this is how I discovered it. And, uh, so it, it really was, uh, the impetus to get this thing done. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor at large and editorial cartoonist of Mississippi Today. I hope you're having a good day today. Thanks for listening. Always glad to have you part of the show. We've had a good one so far today. I've really enjoyed it. We got writer Nash Nunnery and, it, and I, his new book, and I'm looking at it right here. I got it in my hands. It smells brand new. I always love the smell of a brand new book. <laughs> Magnolia Gridiron Cathedrals. It is a coffee table book. It's got 47 of notable older stadiums in, in history of, of the stadiums and some great stories as well. Congratulations on the book. And like I said, I up front and very honest, I played a part of it. I got to draw the 47 stadiums, actually paint. I did more painted them than draw, drew them. Uh, I drawed them as I use no <laughs> grammar whatsoever today on Monday. Um, but it was fun being part of the project. And like I said, this wasn't you know, a big deal for me, other than the fact that really just to be able to help you tell that story was really a lot of fun because um, I'm with you. I really understand the value of a, of how a high school football stadium can be the epicenter of a stadium. You got a couple other stories you're telling me a little bit. One of them obviously um, really kind of touched my heartstrings about what's going on, what, a story from down on the coast. Yes, we traveled. Uh, I, I think it was back in November. We traveled to Pascagoula. Uh, that that stadium has been around a long time. It's called War Memorial Stadium, and uh, a gentleman uh, that followed that they called him a super fan. His name was Walter Thornton. He followed the Panthers. Uh, in fact, I think every coach that has been there over the years has allowed him to keep statistics for for the uh, for the football team. And uh, Coach Lewis Sims, who is the great head football coach down there now, told me the story about Walter. He he passed away, I believe, in around 2014. And one of his wishes was he wanted his ashes to be buried under War Memorial Stadium, on, under the turf. Um, well, about that time, the, the school board had decided they were going to go from natural grass to um, um, fake artificial turf. And uh, so they were trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to, you know, get get Walter Walter's wishes, uh, you know, uh, granted. Uh, so what they did, if you know anything about the building of or construction of um, artificial turf, you've got you know sand and you've got you know rubber filling, and before they even lay the turf, well, as soon as they got the the, the sand and the filling in, uh, Walter's uh, ashes were. Were, were put under the wall. Um, oh, that's the, wonderful. The War Memorial Stadium turf. And so uh, I, I just thought that you talk about a super fan of Pascagoula football. That's Walter Thornton was one. And that's just one of the, uh, you know, one of the many stories that are in the book that you think you, it just gives you pause to think a little bit. It's not just about 
coaches and players, and it, it, it's about the the experience and the fans and, and everybody that's associated with it. Yeah, what a classy move, though, on Pascal Gould's part. Oh, what? Do you even agree to do that? That was great. Great folks down there. I really enjoyed my visit to the coast, as I did everywhere across the state. Um, and let me mention this, Marshall. Um, everywhere I went, I think – we were turned down by two school districts. I'm not going to mention their name, um, but we, we we actually we we did get turned down by a couple. Really? But why? Yeah. Well, I mean, why would they turn you down? Uh, what was their Rosa reasoning? They just did not want to get. They didn't want to. I guess recycle the past, or or, or it, I, I really wasn't given a reason. They they really. I'm just trying to figure out why. Um, but that, you know, that that's their right. Well, I you mean, ought to send them a copy of the book and say, <laughs> hey, maybe next time. <laughs> but what I was going to say is the 47 that did just went all out, 110 percent, giving us full access. Uh, anything that we needed, uh, they were just terrific. Uh, cooperation was off the chain. Oh, well, that's great. You had another great story. And I. You know, like I said, the fact that there are 100-year-old football stadiums in Mississippi just blows my mind. Because 100 years ago, well, you know, that we were kids. So that was a long time ago. There's one, the oldest one. Tell us a little about the oldest, actually, sporting site. The actual oldest sporting site, one of the oldest in the state, but one that made this book, is um, um, Ballsley, excuse me, Ballsley Field at on the campus of St. Aloysius uh, High School in Vicksburg. This site goes back to the early 1890s where baseball or some type of sport was played. Now, high school football did not come there until St. Al started playing high school football in the early 1900s. Um, but this is a really cool, it's a typical Vicksburg site. It's got a high bluff in the north end zone and the uh, beautiful uh, oak trees that ring around the, the field. It's really a cool site. But to think you're watching a in 2023, watching a high school football game on a site that goes back all the way to the 1890s, it's just really incredible. That's incredible. Any other stories you want to? One more story. Okay. Um, Ray Stadium is also one of the more famous stadiums in Mississippi. Ray Stadium is in Meridian. Um, it's really close to downtown. And uh, the gentleman there, I, I think his name is Coleman Warner. He is executive director of the Max in uh, oh, yeah. in Meridian. You probably know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives directly across the street from Ray Stadium. Um, he went to high school there and um, and knows all about Wildcat football. Well, one of the things that he explained to me was there was, there was a young musical performer that performed in Ray Stadium in the in mid-1950s. Um, he was on the bill of a lot of different acts that night, um, but he didn't have a price of a motel room. So they allowed this young performer to sleep on the field under a bench. And the name of that performer was Elvis Presley. So Elvis slept here. Elvis slept in Ray Stadium. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So obviously you're going to be out and about signing books and so forth. Have you got your book tour uh, set up? Yes. Right now we've got about eight book signings across the state. Actually, before we hit the book festival, we're having a sneak preview at Lemuria on Saturday, August 5th from 2 to 4. So if uh, you can't make the book festival, we are uh, we're, we will be available to sign your book and purchase books at Lemuria Bookstore in Banner Hall on August 5th. That's a Saturday from 2 until 4. It's always uh, 
always humbling when you get to sign books in, in Lemuria because you realize, oh, yeah, Eudora Welty sat here. I mean, <laughs> you think about all the authors that have sat in that little couch. Where well, you Marshall Ramsey has sat there as well. Yeah, well, that's pretty low down the totem pole. But um, it, it's pretty awesome uh, when you think about some of the people. And you'll get to be on it. You're, like I said, you're now a published author. It's Congratulations. Thanks so much, Marshall. It's a, it was a bucket list. I'm 67 years old, be 68 in September, and this was a, a bucket list thing. And if I don't write another book, I can have it on my tombstone. He, he finally wrote a book. I, I, see, I'm not even going to ask you that question, what's your next book? Because, you you know, you, you literally just have a new baby in your arms. There's no sense of talking about the next child. Well, well I told Mike Frascona, I, I, I told him if this book does well enough, um, I definitely owe those folks that want that the high school feels that we did not get to in the book because there's still so many more that meet the criterion and, and their stories need to be how told. Many, how many football teams are there ballpark in Mississippi? I would venture there are 500 or more. Really? Um, I guess if you took the uh, different classification, you go on the MHSAA website and look at their, you know, uh, classifications and plus the private schools, um, you could probably get get a number. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, I would I would venture that many or more. That's incredible. You're going to be busy. Yeah, <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. Any other uh, we got two or three minutes left. Any other final stories you want to pass along? Um, just the fact that, um, I loved doing this book. The, the fun part was actually, as you said, going around to the different campuses around the state, the tours, uh, visiting the cities, eating in the restaurants. Uh, it, it was, it was so much fun. Um, the, uh, the real work begins after your, all your research and writing is done, actually, having had no experience in the book industry before, I got a valuable lesson is uh, time moves very slowly um, when you're trying to get a book published. It's, it's hard uh, when you write it and then you get it back and it's been edited. Oh, you're, you're just like, wait a minute, I thought I knew how to write. Absolutely. But I need to give kudos to uh, my editor, Joe Lee. Joe and his book designer, uh, Cindy Clark, did an absolutely wonderful job with this book. Um, if I ever write another book, I will definitely be requesting Joe Lee and Cindy Clark to design it and edit it. If Folks, if you're out there and you got a book to do, call Joe Lee. Fantastic editor. God, I, can, I need to get Joe on the show. I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's an author and, and a publisher in his own right, and he's just always just a fun guy to talk to. So that was neat that you got to work with Great him. Great author. Joe, you know, used to be in the television uh, television business He was industry. a weather guy. He was a weather guy, I, I think, at WAPT, and uh, great has some great stories. And every de- attention to detail, uh, just just fantastic guy, and, and, and Cindy's world-class as far as uh, a book designer. Well, it's nice that you were able to take a little time away from your day job to be able to come and do this today, too. It was a pleasure, Marshall. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, as I knew I would. So, um, like I said, you're going to be traveling the state again. What Have you shown the book to any of the, any of the folks in the high schools or anything, or you just literally just got it? I literally just got it about... Well, about a, uh, just about a week ago, I did okay. I did share it uh, with uh, uh, a couple of coaches that that I know. I did not, of course, I didn't let them. I told them don't don't say anything or shared it with my wife. Um, well, I'd hope you would have done that. <laughs> well, since she's the chief photographer on the project, thank you, honey. Um, most definitely, and uh, um, 
they seem to love it. I mean, I don't know if they're you know you know just patting me on the back, but they they really seem to love it. Well, it looks great, and I just like I said, thank you for letting me have my small part in it and getting to be able to tell those stories. Because like I said, um, it was an honor. Because and, and like I told one reporter, I said, you know, when you start drawing forty seven high school football stadiums in, in less than two months, you start thinking eh, they're all going to kind of look alike. But after a while, you realize they kind of have their own heart and their own soul. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the project. Uh, Marshall, so enjoyed it uh, working with you, and uh, would love to. You got anything in mind? I would love to join you. Uh, you can uh, now put down radio guest on your your <laughs> your bucket list check because you did a great job. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Marshall. All right, thank you for listening. A special thanks to our guest, Nash Nunnery, for joining us today. And if you'd like to hear this or any past episodes. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app or on our MPB public media app. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by the incredible Jermaine Flood. Join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you.